Welcome to Adulting with Ashley G. I'm Ashley. I'm 23 years old. I graduated from Columbia University, and I'm currently living and working in New York City. This podcast originated from the idea that there's no guidebook that comes along with adulthood. And partially because of that, adulting can be exciting, overwhelming, and really hard, all at the same time. And that's what led me to start this podcast. I'm excited to dive into some of the topics that I myself am working through, from trying to get a grasp on work-life balance, to building my self-confidence, to rediscovering hobbies, and learning how to have fun again. I hope you'll stick around. Here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. I have missed you all so much. I have procrastinated recording an episode for reasons that I can't really explain. You know, I previously didn't have a problem at all when it came to recording episodes and finding the motivation. And I think that part of that was because I had a podcast team and I thus felt responsibility to show up for them because they were all investing their time too. But admittedly, it's also summer and I've been hanging out with friends and I moved and just living it up, going to some NYC nightclubs. That's for another episode. Um, working out, doing a bit of traveling in the next couple of weeks. So part of it's been the lack of motivation. Part of it's been I've been busy. And I think part of it has also just been some type of fear of failure and not producing good enough episodes maybe. But that is something that I will explore in therapy next week, maybe. (laughs) I'm kidding, but not kidding, but kidding. But I'm excited to get into today's episode because this is something that I literally think about almost every day. If you know me, then you know that body image and body positivity and eating disorder awareness, they're all just very near and dear to my heart. And I... You know, I've been struggling a little bit this summer with body image, and I just kept thinking, you know, I know other people are feeling the same way. I want to do an episode, but, you know, I didn't know exactly what to say or how to say it. So tonight, I just decided I was going to do it. And here we are. So let's get into it. I first want to clarify that there is a line, albeit blurry, between feeling badly about your body for a couple of weeks and then actually acting on that feeling and engaging in restriction, obsessive eating habits, or obsessive exercise, or purging. And as someone who has had an eating disorder in the past, I want to really emphasize that that difference and recognize that those things are obviously incredibly valid and deserve a space, but this is not what that episode is about today. I'm not a psychiatrist, obviously. I'm not a doctor or a nutritionist, and so I don't want to advise people on navigating their eating disorder, because I think that that's something that's so personal and specific to you. However, the National Eating Disorder Association has a hotline that runs 24-7, and I will put that number in the episode description. So what will you find in this episode? You will find personal reflection and action items, things that you can actually do to hopefully feel better, things that work for me when I'm in a body image slump, which has been me this entire summer, basically. Things have been... Things that have been recommended to me by a combination of, you know, therapists, my friends, reading materials, just tips and tricks that I've acquired along the way. So here we go. First of all, it is summer. Let's acknowledge that. Like our bodies are out. It's very hot. People are wearing minimal clothing. You're probably seeing more of your own body. 
By the way, if you hear noise, that is my friend's dog. I am indeed dog sitting for my friend. And I'm not editing this episode, so let's first take Jake over here. Um, You're probably seeing more of your own body, but also other people's bodies, which for me just tends to make me think about my physicality a bit more. And in my opinion, this is normal, but it can also be detrimental if the thoughts that you're having are negative or hypercritical. I've not been feeling the best about my body lately, which I think is a combination of a lot of things. It's what I just mentioned, the fact that I'm just thinking about my body more because I'm wearing less clothing or wearing clothing that's more tight, form-fitting, whatever. I also have been working out as intensely. I also had a micro heartbreak earlier this summer, which just led to a lot of negative self-talk. And I would love to do an episode on how dating can, I I mean, let me walk this back. I think that dating can obviously bring so many positives to your life and finding a great person just makes your life better, right? But also sometimes it can be tricky and you can, you know, be a bit down in yourself. And so I would love to do an episode on that, but that's not this episode. But anyway, I've also been eating more treats because it's summer and, you know, you grab wine with your friends, you get some appetizers, like you have pizza on late nights after going out, like it's, it's life, right? And up until a couple weeks ago, I was just kind of sitting with the feeling of feeling bad about myself and I was shit talking myself. And then I realized that that's totally unproductive. And so I had to go to my toolkit. And I heard this from someone a couple years ago, which is that you want to practice the positive coping mechanisms that you have and the healthy habits that you have, even when you're feeling great, so that you're in the habit of it, so that when something does happen and you're not feeling great, you already are used to doing those things. It's not like you're starting from square one. And that's something that I've definitely gotten away from. I haven't journaled consistently in a long time. I haven't been doing my affirmations. I've been doing other things, though, that I think are really healthy for me. But, you know, again, I'm going to blame that on the fact that it's summer and I'm not following as strict of a schedule as I typically would. For example, I'm literally, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, I'm dog sitting my friend right now. I'm not even in my own home. Things are different. And where was I going with this? (laughs) What does a bad body image day look like for me or week or month or whatever? For me... It is a lot of comparison. It's a lot of being on social media and, you know, saying to myself, oh, I wish I had her body. Or sometimes it's even temporarily wishing that I, you know, would start some crazy diet or that I had started a crazy diet a couple months ago so that I would have dropped 20 pounds by now. Sometimes it's food guilt, Um, which honestly, though, like, I don't think that I experience food guilt on the same level that I used to, or I know that I don't experience it on the same level that I used to. And I think that's because I've gone through a lot of eating disorder therapy. And I think that my relationship with food now is just better. I think that if anything, I sometimes will struggle. If I'm having a really bad body image day, I'll struggle to eat the thing. And then once I've eaten it, I'm like, okay, whatever, like it's done. I don't typically eat something and then, you know, feel bad about the fact that I ate it, but that's just Maybe that's just how my brain works. Maybe it's therapy. I don't know. But yeah, it's some food guilt. Sometimes tears are shed, you know, when I'm having a bad body image week or day or month or whatever, you know, like sometimes you're, you're in the fitting room 
of a store and nothing's fitting right. And then the harsh lighting and the mirrors and you're like, is it me? Is it the pants? Is it, is it the dress? Or sometimes you're trying on your own clothing at home and for whatever reason, nothing feels right. And then you don't want to go out and you know, you know, like things happen. And I think that, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to circle back to that actually, because I, I know I said that it was for a totally different episode, which I do think an episode could be devoted to it, but I want to talk about it briefly here, which is the micro heartbreak that I experienced, which was I was dating a guy or seeing a guy rather. We were not in a relationship. Why is my voice breaking? No clue. That's just something random. (laughs) I'm not crying. Um, I was seeing a guy and when I started seeing him, I actually wasn't in a bad place body image wise. Like I think I was in kind of just a normal space, kind of a body neutrality maybe where I just wasn't really thinking about it actively as much. I was just kind of living and, you know, I didn't really intend on dating him seriously. Like I literally just thought, you know, I'll just go on a date and see what happens. It'll be a fun story, whatever. And then you know, I liked him. Like I thought he was easy to talk to. It was going well. And then it ended really abruptly. I was very sad about it. And if you're one of my friends, you know the story. I'm not going to share those details here, but it was very abrupt and very sad for me. And I had never experienced anything like that before. So I think that because of my own, you know, body image struggles, I immediately went to, well, it's is it because of my body? Like, is that the reason I started immediately finding ways to blame myself, even though quite frankly, a part of me knew that that was irrational. Part of me knew that that had nothing to do with it. Um, He knew what my body looked like after the first date. So if he, you know, wasn't into that vibe, we wouldn't have progressed any further. Like it had nothing to do with that. It was, it was him, but I wanted to bring that up again because I just wanted to say that if you are someone that constantly goes into that space, when things end with a guy, when a guy doesn't text you back, when a guy, you know, gets with someone else, you immediately start thinking, you know, well, it's because I'm like this, I'm not like that. And you start comparing yourself to the new person. If that's you, I say this with the most care and love, you need to address that. You need to really think deeply about why you're doing that. And you need to seek some type of help, whether that's some internal reflection and just trying to change the way that you know your thought patterns are formed, whether that's therapy whether it's just practice, like sometimes it just takes practice and stopping yourself mid negative thought and being like, nope, that's not true. That's irrational. But I really, really, really want us as a community, myself to work on that because I think that it's just not the way to go about dating or any relationships really. And it's, it's also not fair to the person, you know, Um, and it's especially not fair to you. So I wanted to say that because I think that in the past, I self-sabotaged myself. Like I convinced myself I'm not his type or he wouldn't like me because I'm not skinny enough. Or at times I said the opposite. He wouldn't like me because I'm not curvy enough or whatever. And everyone has a type, right? But I think that the person that you're meant to be with 
They're going to love and appreciate you, whether you're 10 pounds lighter, 10 pounds heavier, whether you're eating gluten, whether you're not eating gluten, you know, as if I think about it, I've never liked a guy and then compared him to, compared his body to the body of another guy that I previously liked or, you know, like, and I think that that's sometimes what we convince ourselves that they're doing. And I just don't think that's happening. Um, I have to get that in there because it's been very much on my mind. And now we're going to transition into the part of the episode that will provide you hopefully with some tips. Here are a few things that I do and have been doing when I'm in a body image slump. The first thing is to acknowledge the feeling and allow yourself to be sad or frustrated, whatever you're feeling. Like literally allow yourself to say, this sucks. I'm feeling bad, but also understand and acknowledge that it's a feeling and it will pass. And, you know, you should tell yourself that you love yourself regardless of what the exterior looks like. Like, Regardless of if you're bloated one day, regardless of if your face is puffy because you drank a lot the day before, I also find that writing these things down does wonders, even if it's just a few sentences. If you know me, you know that typically when I journal, it's not a bunch of pages. It's more like bullet points. But I do think that there is something very powerful about getting your thoughts and feelings out and seeing them. Because sometimes seeing them makes you realize that the thoughts themselves are ridiculous. And one of my favorite things to do is to look back on previous entries, even though it can be quite um, cringe to do this because you realize how crazy you sounded. But I look back on previous entries and I'm like, wow, I was so worried about, you know, the fact that I didn't go for my workout that day and it didn't even really matter in the end. You know, like I think that it's really important to do that. And I also think that sometimes seeing it written out can help you feel less overwhelmed by your thoughts and can help you organize them and notice patterns over time. So I know that journaling is not everyone's thing, but if you haven't tried it or if you haven't tried it in a while, give it a go. Um, I like to do prompted journaling. So one of my favorite prompts or series of prompts is how am I feeling? How do I want to feel? What can I do to make myself feel how I want to feel. Another question that I love is, you know, what's bothering me? And I just literally write down everything that's bothering me. And sometimes, you know, seeing everything out there actually helps you feel better. So I suggest that. I also suggest doing three things that make you feel good. And this doesn't have to be something that is a big lift. In fact, I recommend that it's not. It could be doing a face mask, drinking water, getting your nails done, doing your nails yourself, going for a long walk, listening to your favorite album, stretching, stretching. This is another tangent, but stretching is my holy grail. Like I discovered the power of stretching about six months ago and it has changed my life as someone that has a hard time falling asleep and just, just trends towards a more anxious state of being. I find that stretching is great for relieving stress. Um, and also doing a downward dog pose also is great for anxiety. So if you're very in your head and anxious, which sometimes happens when you're having a very bad body image day, like your mood just will totally change. I find that doing things that kind of get my blood flowing are very helpful. Something else that I want to really recommend is pushing back against the feeling, which is something that they call opposite action in therapy. I don't remember if this is a DBT therapy thing or CBT. 
I want to say it's DBT. What does DBT stand for? I'm going to find out right now. I'm going to look it up. It stands for dialectical behavior therapy. It's a type of talk therapy for people who experience emotions very intensely. Um, don't ask me how I know this. I don't really remember. I, I got it. I got it from therapy, but I also got it from someone that I interviewed for a mental health podcast a while ago. But anyway, what that basically means is you want to, in manageable ways, do the opposite of whatever you're feeling is pulling you toward, right? So if you're feeling down, you might really want to avoid going to the dinner date that you set with your friend because you might feel like, oh, like I just don't feel good in my body. My clothes aren't right. I don't, I don't even want to be there, right? That's that's what your your feelings are pushing you toward. But if you want to partake in opposite action, you would go anyway. You would force yourself to go because that is establishing the precedent that this feeling does not control the things outside of your brain. The feeling is valid. The feeling is happening in your body, in your brain, whatever, right? But you want to take charge of your life. Why do I sound like um, a motivational speaker? This is very embarrassing. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm very into this. You want to take charge of your life and tell yourself that while this feeling is valid, it's not going to change your social plans it's not going to change things that are happening in the external world, right? And on a personal note, I will say that when I was at my lowest point with my eating disorder, I missed out on so much. And like, thank God I didn't miss out on anything that was like life-changing, important, like a friend's like birthday party or something, or a wedding or something like that. Like thank God, but I missed out on so many small things. Like I remember I used to be an RA and we had some type of end of semester celebration at a restaurant. And I felt so, so stressed about being around unhealthy foods that I left the event super early and like ducked out. And all I ordered was Brussels sprouts. There was all this fun food there. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't engage. Like I left. And then similarly, when I was recovering from my eating disorder, I was gaining a lot of weight because that's what happens when you start feeding your body properly after starving it for a long time. And I did not want to be seen or perceived. And I had never felt that way in my life. I'd never been self-conscious to that extent. I don't think I ever had even thought about like how I was being perceived to that extent, but I just did not want to engage with the public. And it was really hard for me to to do things. Like The first friend that I saw, I think... This was also during the pandemic, so I'm going to give myself some credit and say that no one was really seeing too many people during the summer of 2020, but things were happening, you know. But the first person that I saw was, I want to say my friend Smith, and it was at his house in his backyard, and we were socially distanced, of course, but it was so difficult for me to even bring myself and just to be seen by him and by his parents and there were a lot of things that I had missed out on previously. Like, I mean, sometimes I would go to parties, but I would just do that thing where you head out early or you just, you don't eat anything or drink anything. And so therefore you kind of miss out on the experience because if, if we're honest, we live in a society where eating and drinking and sharing meals, it's a way to, to bond and to express affection. And like, I'm not going to get into the 
you know, psychology of that and whether that's right or wrong, but it's true. And I think that being able to share a meal with people that you love, for me at least, it's one of the joys of life. And unfortunately, bad body image days can try to take that away from you. And I really want to encourage you to reject that. I'm not saying that if you're feeling really bad about yourself, you have to put on a tight bodycon dress and go on to the world. You might decide that, you know what, I'm going to go out, but I'm going to wear something that I just feel a bit more comfortable in or something that isn't going to accentuate a part of my body that I'm not feeling. Like if you're really feeling like my, my legs just look so, so bad today, maybe you don't wear a mini skirt, but you still go to the thing. Like you don't let the feeling take control of your life because that just makes your brain think that it's acceptable for that to happen. And that that's happened to me. And thank God I have friends who, they just don't stand for it. Like, I think I'm very lucky to have friends who overall have very good relationships with their bodies, with food. I have friends that are aware of my own struggles with, you know, these issues. And so I think that they check me when I sound foolish. This happened literally yesterday. I was talking with my friend Elise and she was like, you sound insane. And that was a good reality check. So That brings me to my next point, which is if you have someone that you trust in your life, talk to them. Like, obviously, you don't want to spend five hours discussing this because you don't want to give make this the central theme of your day. But I do think that it can be valuable to get your feelings out there and also to just to be validated by a friend. So I really encourage you if you have someone that you can trust and can confide in to reach out to them. And, you know, maybe you even have a friend who, like, if you're like me, a friend who knows that this is something that you struggle with. And so when you, you guys have an action plan basically for when you're feeling this way, like, okay, when you're having a bad body image date, we're going to go get an iced coffee. We're going to go for a quick little walk. We're going to distract ourselves. Like, I think that having a plan also helps deal with the feeling, not just because like, obviously the plan should be fun, but because it makes you feel prepared to take on the challenge, right? Like you don't feel like, oh, I have no tools to to tackle this. I'm not sure if that made any sense. I'm recording this at midnight, so you'll have to forgive me. And I also think that it's important when you're having these, you know, negative body thoughts to continue to eat in a balanced and kind way. Maybe your bad body image was sparked by the fact that you drank a lot and ate too much pizza on a night out and now you feel gross. Okay, valid, but that's also in the past. Something that Tinks, who is a lifestyle content creator, a podcaster, an author, she's great. Something that Tinks says frequently has really stuck with me. And it's basically that, you know, you went out, you ate the thing, it happened. You created memories though. And that's worth something. That's worth something. And when I think about the most fun times that I've had with my friends and you know, going out and doing tequila shots and having fun foods, like I honest to God, like I don't have any regrets. Like I just think about those times and I smile and I laugh. I'm thinking specifically of a Chicago trip that I went on with my two best friends for a spring break. And it was great. Like, I'm so glad that I was able to kind of exhale and allow myself to eat quote unquote bad foods. Also, I really, I put that in quotes because I think that 
attaching morality to food is very dangerous. And I think that's part of the problem for people like myself. But when I think back on those memories, like I'm just so happy that I was able to live. And I I have other moments that I look back on when I didn't do that. And I, I have a bit of regret and I feel like I missed out. So you went out, you created memories, move forward, hydrate. Let's start there. Drink some water. Do not go on a 24-hour you know, cleanse where you eat nothing but some green smoothies. Like (laughs) that's not necessary. Like just ease back into eating normally, maybe incorporate a few more greens, but don't focus on taking things out. I think that that has also been a huge mindset shift for me as someone who, even before having eating disorder, I was always on a diet. Like I was literally known for always being on some type of diet. And I think that I always just focused on what I had to take out or what I couldn't have or what I was restricting from. And maybe that's just, you know, my personality. Maybe I trend towards more just intense things in general. Um, I'm psychoanalyzing myself right now, but I I think that the best way to do it in terms of, you know, health, healthier eating and just feeling good and new, what is the word? The awkward pause. (laughs) Fueling your body. We're going to go with that. Fueling your body with good things. I think that the way to do it is to think about what can I add, right? Can I add more protein? Can I add more water? Can I add more greens? Like, I think that focusing on taking things out is where things get dangerous. So that's what I have to say on that. Again, wear something that makes you feel good and confident. I think that it's really important. I also got this from Tinks to have a couple of outfits on standby at all times that you just know I put this on and I feel good about myself. doesn't have to be form-fitting. doesn't have to be complicated. For me, it's athleisure for the most part. Like I just feel comfortable. I feel like myself. When I wear athleisure, I think I, I associate athleisure with fun because I genuinely enjoy movement and I enjoy exercise. And I find that type of clothing to be flattering for my body type. My other piece of advice is to keep in mind that we have one life to live. And when I think about, again, the time and the mental energy and the sleepless nights that I dedicated to hating my body, I get very sad because it's lost time that I'll never get back. And the buck stops here. I'm stopping you. Do not let the thoughts win. You have one life. Live it. Like, I I really wish for everyone, especially for young women, because I know that this plagues us particularly, I really wish that we would never spend one more second hating our bodies and trying to think of a plan to lose weight and trying to get back on track and comparing current pictures to old pictures. Like, I really, I deeply, deeply wish that I I can stop doing that. You all can stop doing that, or at least we can improve upon doing that a bit less. I've really been trying. And I think lastly, one of the things I wanted to close with is that I want us to all keep in mind that the brain and body that we have now, unless you somehow get a brain swap or a total body swap, which neither of those things are possible, this is your body for life, you know, and you have to be kind to it. I always say that the world is is mean enough. There are enough assholes out there who will try to bring you down once in a while. Challenges and tough days are going to happen. Like it's life. Something is always going to happen, as my dad would say. 
People are going to be mean sometimes. People are going to try you. You're going to have, you know, big failures in life and things that really make you feel like shit. But don't be one of those things or people that's mean to yourself. Like we have so much that we have to be up against. Sometimes you might as well be kind to yourself. Like that's the least you can do. You owe that to yourself. Be on your side. You know, if no one else is, be your own advocate, be your own biggest cheerleader, be your own supporter. And, oh, that was not my last thought. I have one more bullet point. Think about the things that truly put a smile on your face and make you light up. For me, it's hanging out with the people that I love, like my friends, Elise, Eliza, Julia, Rahi. And when I look back on memories with them, I don't think at all about what their bodies looked like or how much they ate. I certainly don't, don't think about how much they weighed because I have no idea. I think about you know, the laughs or the conversations or like the silly things that happened or the, the kind moments. I would never reflect and be like, oh yeah, well, at one time we went out, Eliza, you know, ate more truffle fries than I did. Or like Elise didn't get the salad and like had two glasses of wine. Like I'm not thinking about that. And therefore, why should I do that to myself? They're not thinking about that. I, I, I truly believe that, and I hope this is true for you, that the people that I have in my life, they they don't give a shit about <laughs> what my body looks like. And the things that you freak out about and obsess over and the small changes, it's valid, but no one else is noticing. And I hope that you find some type of solace or peace in that. And I also hope that you find solace and peace in the fact that in a year from now, in two years from now, there are things that are really going to matter. And the number on the scale is not one of them. I actually have not weighed myself in quite some time. I considered doing it yesterday because where I'm staying to dog sit for my friend, her gym has a scale in it. And I just decided that I didn't need that negativity in my life. Like, And, you know, maybe I would have been pleasantly surprised because sometimes that happens too, but something tells me I wouldn't be. And so... I guess I keep saying that this is my last point and then I say more. So you can tell that I'm rusty at this. I guess one thing I wanted to add is if you know that something's going to trigger you, this sounds very obvious, but please, for the love of God, don't do it. And I used to do this to myself all the time when I was deep into anorexia. Like I, I knew that, you know, weighing myself was going to either frustrate me Or it was going to make me feel like I had to continue, you know, starving basically. And I would do it anyway. Or like I knew that looking at certain influencers or celebrities pages were going to make me feel more critical about my own body, but I would do it anyway. And it's almost like some form of, I don't know if you want to say self-sabotage or like masochism. Is that the word? Masochism? Um, I don't know what it is, but it's very real And when I stopped doing that, which didn't really happen until I started going to therapy for my eating disorder, when I stopped doing that, life just got so much better. I remember my therapist was like, why can't you just unfollow these people that, you know, make you feel bad about yourself? Not that it's their fault. It's not their fault at all. Like, it's totally a me thing. But she was like, why can't you just do that if that's going to make you feel better? And I was like, I can't because blah, 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 blah. And I could tell that she just thought that was the most ridiculous thing in the world. And it is. 
So I encourage you, if there's someone that for whatever reason you find yourself comparing yourself to in terms of you know, bodies, just mute them. How about that? If you don't want to unfollow them because you feel like that's you know a weakness, just mute them. Mute their stories, mute their posts, and go on with your day. Another thing that's really helped me is following people, especially influencers um, and like fitness influencers who have bodies that look similar to mine. Like everything doesn't have to be aspirational. And I guess this is my actual closing note. As someone who's very forward thinking, always thinking about the future, very goal oriented, like probably to my own, definitely to my own detriment. As someone who just naturally thinks like that, I guess I want to say this for other people that also trend this way, but it's okay to be satisfied with the present too. Like, and it's possible to be satisfied with the present and also want more for yourself in all areas of life. I'm not talking about body image in this case, um, actually. I think that it's actually very dangerous to only think about the future because then once the once you hit the goal or you obtain the thing that you really wanted, you look back and you realize, oh, well, that previous phase that I was in, that was actually pretty great because X, Y, or Z. And I didn't even appreciate those things because I was so focused on the present or uh, on the future rather. And I guess, I guess that does kind of relate to body image too, because I'm trying to formulate my thought because there's definitely been periods where I was so focused on losing weight or quote unquote toning something. And then I look back and I'm like, wow, if only I had appreciated what my body looked like then. There was nothing wrong with my body. And I can assure you, all of you, that there's nothing wrong with your bodies right now. Um, And it's ironic that I'm even recording this episode because yesterday I posted a picture of myself in the gym. Definitely a picture that would appear to exude body confidence, but I have been feeling so bad, so bad about myself. And so the point there is that you never know what's going on in someone's mind. You really have no idea. And that person could have, you know, been going through it, which I was. So I will leave you all with that. I apologize that this episode was not very succinct. Again, I'm recording this super late because I just had to force myself to finally do it. And I decided that I was going to just record and upload instead of editing simply because I thought that that might force me to do a better job the first time through, which it's still yet to be decided whether I did do a good job. But thank you for listening. My next episode will be about the topic of embracing your 20s. I'm recording with my good friend, Eliza, who I talked to about this topic. I talk about this topic with all the time. She's a couple years older than me. She's 26. Um, And we just constantly talk about how the 20s are, there's something, you know, I'm not going to say good or bad. Like I, I have high highs and low lows. And I think that they're so hyped up in media and it's hard. Like it's really hard. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to reflect. We're going to share some tips, some funny stories, and that's going to be that. Hopefully I'll be giving that episode to you in two to three weeks. But until then, I hope that you all take care of yourselves, drink some water, and get some sleep, which is what I need to do right now. Thank you. Bye-bye.